0: Here's another episode I want to repost. um, And it's the one about guiding children. And I've always been a little bit disappointed that it hasn't gotten a lot of listens or a lot of plays. Um, And now it's pretty buried in the uh, canon of my uh, uh, podcast. And I wanted to bring it back because I was working with a pretty young um, girl the other day and her family. And I just think it's really powerful to take young kids and give them a lot of opportunity um, in technical environments, whether that's backcountry skiing or ice climbing or rock climbing. And so many more kids are getting exposed at such an earlier age that um, it can be a really powerful experience for them in general just as they're developing as human beings, but also in the sport and really be able to provide some unique opportunities for that kid um, or that, and or that family Um, so I'm just going to repost this one and, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it. One group of clients that I really like working with, um, are kids. I don't have kids of my own, but I do really enjoy working, um, with kids in general. And I, I like kids of all ages. Um, you know, and I think working with kids is neat because it, it gives them an opportunity to explore a new realm, right? They get to explore. It's being outside, exploring their bodies and how their bodies work, and then gaining confidence and competencies and and movement skills, but also maybe some technical skills like learning how to tie a knot or, you know, how to put their harness on or how to belay or build an anchor or whatever. Um, it gives them exposure to the natural world, which is really great, um, and interactions with other people. So working with kids can be really, really, really interesting. And this particular talks be... Working about working with young kids because that's what I find to be really interesting, um, challenge both mentally and then technically. So, think about like four year olds, like 10 year olds. Now, that's a pretty big age group, um, if you really think about it. And I would say the kids I'm really talking about are probably more like in the five to seven year old range. But I find that kids as young as four, you know, four year olds are old enough and have just enough cognitive and cognitive capacity and proprioceptions to kind of really spend a little bit more time climbing. Like I have done stuff with younger kids, but their time limit is so small and their ability to move their bodies is so limited in a lot of ways that they're not really doing a whole lot of climbing, but they certainly are getting out there on rope. But a four-year-old, you can actually start doing some climbing with. Like they actually can climb up um, and do some stuff um more like an older kid and i think that the there's kind of two sides to this like i mentioned earlier there's like the whole cognitive piece and kind of soft skill piece of dealing with children of these different ages Um, because once again they have wildly different abilities to process information right as they because they're growing so quickly their brain's growing so quickly that you know a year difference is a big difference cognitively for them in terms of their ability to process information and how they view themselves in the world and then also in that same vein their their ability to actually move physically right like their their command of their body um, is also very different you know from one year to the next um, especially as you get to these younger ages and then put those two together like you give them a command like lean back on the rope and push that can be almost impossible to try to articulate that and get a small kid to do that even if you kind of help physically manipulate them into that position um, it's not super intuitive right for a human to lean off on a rope on a cliff so I find that to be another interesting challenge when you combine those things but then the other part of that side of things is the technical piece um, and how do you deal with young kids in technical environments so Um, in single pitch, but in also multi-pitch environments. It's really fun to get young kids into multi-pitch environments. So, And even in a single pitch environment, you can use advanced techniques to to give experience to kids, and then you can also use advanced techniques in more complex terrain, which is kind of cool. But, you know, just like we do with any client you know you're reading that client you're going all right what's this kid about how do they move what are the things they like how do they kind of react to stress or are, are, are they you know really kind of uh um quickly want to go to their parents are they really independent you know do they listen do they not listen and you know i find that trying to really get down to their level you know and get them to kind of understand what's happening as best as they can You know, and kind of use, try to use terms and language and concepts that they might be able to kind of piece things together so they kind of have a rough sense of what's happening is really an interesting trick and art with working with really little kids. You have to be super patient. But it's really about trying to drill down to like, what do I say or show them to get them to understand what's happening here as best as possible and do what I need them to do. Um, And the younger they are, the more challenging that is. As they get older, right? You know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Their ability to understand and do those things and perform those things is a lot higher, um, you know, for all the reasons why they can do all the other things as you get, as they get older, better. Like you know, math skills or language skills or movement skills or whatever it is. Um, so that's a really interesting piece. Um, and when you think about that piece, once again, the concept I've talked a lot about, you have to pick really good terrain. You have to pick terrain that's going to be successful. So that's both terrain in terms of them being able to climb up but also terrain that's going to be easier for them to come down because really young kids oftentimes love going up but hate coming down. Um, so you have to find terrain that's going to really work with whatever age group that you're particularly working with in this on this kind of like 4 to 10-year-old range. Um, Maybe let's even no. I'll stay with four to ten year olds. Um, so that's super key is terrain. Another piece that's really critical. Um, and once again, these are universal truths with guiding. So terrain's a universal truth about picking the right terrain. But this is another one that's super critical with these young kids is sequencing. So sequencing their exposure to certain experiences, whether it's a it's actually an actual exposure, like looking over an edge of a cliff, or being you know wading a rope or Climbing a little bit or, you know, coming down a little bit or being exposed to a greater um, system, like being really strategic with your sequencing of that day and kind of on that session. So you're going to kind of keep building upon these little sequences that you start with. So, right, start super small, super easy, get people really warmed up, get these kids kind of really warmed up, you know, and um, sequence the, the 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 terrain and the information right so they can kind of move to the next piece right and it's not this big deal um and then you know once again the whole time you're doing this is a whole lot of emotional management you know once again this is all universal regardless of the age but you know you have to be able to emotionally manage that really small kid at a moment's notice because they go from i'm having a great time i have no fear to i am scared out of my mind and and i'm going to cry right now and yell in a split second, like that can happen in a split second with little kids. So really kind of understanding how they are. Also, the thing about little kids is that, you know, because they don't have such a great ability to control their bodies, especially when they're young, like four and five-year-olds oftentimes are a little stumbly, that a little swing on a rope, you know, is more of a big deal because they think they've kind of like broken their arm where they, they, they just hit it against the rock. It's not a big deal, but those little teeny um, micro impacts and abrasions are much more dramatic to them than like a 10-year-old. Like 10-year-olds oftentimes can shrug it off a little bit more, but a four or five-year-old, even a six-year-old, sometimes that can be, you know, a meltdown. So you have to be really quick to diffuse that. Because once again, once you lose someone down that meltdown rabbit hole or they're scared, you might have lost it for the whole session, right? So I always think about when I guide that I try to stretch the rubber bands, but I don't want to snap them. Right, if you snap a rubber band, you're not going to get that person back, most likely, and then they're going to remember snapping the rubber band. But stretching them is okay, but then once again, letting that rubber band relax a little bit, then you can stretch it again a little bit, you know. So, that mental and physical rubber band is what I'm talking about. So, you have to be really on it and have a lot of quick ability to deflect, you know, and redirect and misdirect their emotional state into a more positive state, which is really interesting. So, working with these little kids. Um, is super fascinating and, and just in that sense, just that learning, that their ability to learn and, and how much bandwidth they have and how much data they can process. And also, big thing with them too is that they burn up through their, their, their bandwidth really quickly. So you need to have like food and water and snacks ready to go so they can just recharge with some calories really quickly because they'll go from doing great to just crashing really quickly. So you need to get them back in on some quick food Um. So that's another thing to think about when you're out there with these kids. Um, the other thing that I think is really interesting is as we start getting to kids a little bit older, so even as young as five but six, you know seven, eight, you know now you're getting to an opportunity where you might be able to take these kids into more advanced terrain, like multi pitch terrain um and have this really cool experience or you may be able to get them to do more things like actually be a legitimate belayer right so belaying their parents for example you know you can do that with a a young kid you just have to know how to handle that situation and that's super powerful for the kid to kind of learn that skill right but also and then have control over their parent but then same thing for the parent to have their kid actually hold them, right? Now you have to be right there and monitor and back them up and um, do other things, but that can be super cool. But you know, once again, with the technical side, you kind of choose what you want them to learn and kind of, you know, base that appropriate to their level. So I may not teach a kid how to tie a figure eight and then a figure eight follow through. I may just tie figure eights in the ropes and then teach them how to follow through, right? But if I have a if I have a family of, of different ages, I may teach the five-year-old how to do the follow-through. I may teach the seven-year-old how to do the full-on figure eight and follow-through. Right, So you can base what you do depending on the, the group that you have. Um, just like with some kids, I may give them a belay that's more foolproof – or less thinking like i may build a ground anchor or i may be the ground anchor and hook a grigri up and i'm like all right you pull this rope i pull this rope and they're belaying they're just pulling rope they don't really have a, an understanding of the concept besides their job is just to pull that rope and hang on to it um versus you know finding the kid that's got the right um cognitive level and and physical level where they can um perform certain tasks where you're like all right this is how this belay works like all right you're going to do these hand motions and you're going to stand like this and you know and i've had like 5 and 6 year olds who are just kind of had it were ready to take that step and i got them to do some belaying you know and then we incorporate some technical solutions there like ground anchors right making sure they're really tight to the ground anchor so they don't get lifted you're right next to them and if you're not using a ground anchor super good stances regardless if you're using ground or not but then being right there holding the belay the brake strand as a backup even if you're using a device like a grigri mostly just to hold them in position if they start to get lifted a little bit right and doing little things like all right you do the handle i do the rope we're going to lower your mom down now right stuff like that so kind of breaking up those skills so there's a lot of like macro and micro ways of dealing with this also in like single pitch terrain with little kids you can start using advanced techniques like you could use end roping on a base managed climb so you've got an adult at the bottom you've got the kid on a cow's tail maybe a little longer cow's tail so they're kind of close um or that like, or they're closer rather um on the cow's tail so maybe it's a long cow's tail, or maybe it's just less distance between the two so that way they can climb together and the parent can kind of coach this kid Right? Once again, you have to pick terrain that's really appropriate, that's going to be easy enough for the kid to climb. So if it's going to be that easy for a four- or 5 old to climb, then it's going to be probably pretty easy for the parent to climb. Most likely, depends on the parent. Um, and you go up there and, and allow them to do that. Once again, on the ballet side of things, you have to make sure the belay is really good. So really good stances, maybe a ground anchor, maybe using a grigri or whatever the tool choice you want to use. Um, so that can be one way of kind of giving them this like joint experience and allow one person to coach the other person and and give them comfort and then also help them on the way down, which is really key. Another really good tool is counterbalance. But the key here is balance, right? If you're going to counterbalance with a four-year-old, you're not really counterbalancing because they don't weigh enough to offset your weight. So if you fall, they're going to get sucked into the rings, right? So there's a couple ways to deal with that. One if you want to try to be more counterbalanced, you add some twists into the ropes. You actually twist your ropes up so there's more friction in the system, right? That way, if you were to slip, that you're not going to pull that little kid up. Now, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. The problem with that is there's more friction, so it's harder to move the rope up and through the the belay system right the other way of really dealing with that is your ability to move right so you're going to counter climb next to this kid and belay them so you can be right there coach them so physically and then also emotionally and then be ready to go down with them because like i said earlier they oftentimes don't mind going up but they get to a point where they're high enough off the ground they're like ah, i'm scared so if you're right there with them you know you can kind of deal with that um and misdirect <laughs> their emotions a bit so you know once again Our ability to climb is one of our tools, right? It is a risk mitigator. So arguably doing that kind of pseudo counterbalance scenario is more risky, but you're in terrain so easy. Maybe it's fourth class or super easy fifth class terrain that you're, you know, the likelihood of you falling is super low, right? And you're picking good stances. So terrain there is super critical. Now, some of you are probably saying, well, you could always put a Prusik on their side of the rope, Connected to you, so that way, if you would fall you 'd be in counterbalanced yourself that 's true, but that 's a really awkward thing to do and remember when you 're dealing with little kids, sometimes the smallest tension change in the rope can make them go from being feeling secure to insecure, and then that changes their emotional um, state rapidly so the problem with that is it safeguards you, but it doesn 't give them a good experience so you know if you really want to give them a good experience, you need to do things that allows you to like really accurately and precisely micromanage tension in the rope, which means not having a press on the other side on the way up. On the way down, obviously, it's a counter lower. You know, counter lowers are great because they can be right next to you, or you can put them on your back like a little bear hug, they kind of love that sometimes. Um, you know, and then there, obviously, you need to have that friction tension on the other side, but on the way up, it might actually. To be defeating the purpose of what you're trying to do even though it does safeguard you where your safeguard in that scenario is to climb really well and really smoothly and also be in terrain that's really appropriate for that so which once again with a four-year-old you're probably going to be in very easy terrain so i'm being very cognizant of that Um, and then soft closure on that grigri especially because you're dealing with you know lighter weight people on the other side so A little more aggressive, but it's in in a single-pitch context that could work. That could also work in a top management Like You could lower two people down at the same time end roping or lower two people down at the same time in parallel, right? And then that way they get to climb right next to each other, and then they can be independent of each other, and then they're both on their independent belays. Now, tricks like LSD lowers with a plaquette can work really well for that. But once again, when you're dealing with really small kids, there's so much inherent friction with that LSD lower that oftentimes they get stuck and their parent will go down because the the device and the carabiners will shift to the heavier person and the light person gets stuck. Now, you could clip those two people together so the heavier person is essentially pulling the light person down. But once again, that could work but it may not work really that well and it's adding more complexity in so tool choice is actually really useful so munter hitch sometimes is a great way and then if they're going to the ground for example and then switch them into another blade device some of you probably know about lsd lowers with plaquettes you can also do an lsd lower with a grigri it doesn't have a lot of friction it has very little friction actually but for that scenario, when you're trying to micro-adjust tension, it works really well. And as soon as they're on the ground, you just pop the LSD carabiner out, and they're in a the gris Or even better, um, with a little kid, is a Mad Rock safeguard. So that's their... They're a little teeny micro Grigri device, their, their version of it, but it has no spring in it. So it immediately locks on the rope, regardless of the size of the of the person on the rope. And remember, it's not be, Grigris don't fail because the person's heavy, or they don't catch because the person's heavy. They don't catch because the person's light on easy terrain with thin ropes, right? They need a certain amount of weight to engage the, the cam mechanism and create enough friction to actually make that work. So... That little safeguard works really well with little kids, both in a base manage and a top manage because it, it locks automatically regardless of the size kid, regardless of the size rope has been my experience. And plus you can do an LSD lower with them. But the LSD lower works really well with some small kids and then they can stop anywhere they want. And since they're so small, even if they stop free hanging mid-level on a, on a little root and you just want to bring them back up, you know, you can easily get them out of the lsd carabiner because they're so light you just pick them up with your hands and then you just take the carabiner out uh lsd carabiner out and then they're now they're on their their um brake assisted device which is awesome so you can do some pretty interesting stuff with there i've even done belayed repels with little kids who were maybe not quite cognitively there to kind of get the related repels, and i've done belayed repels with like five year olds um but maybe they emotionally they weren't quite there but i've rigged The parent up to do a spider repel, a tandem repel. And then I belayed the whole system, right? So that way, once again, the kid can just work on going down. The parent has control and they get to do a skill. They get to do this thing together and have control and and be with each other to kind of work on the physical and emotional part of that. And then you're backing up with the whole system. So once again, it's kind of an advanced skill. It's not something you typically see in single pitch terrain of doing a belayed repel, on a spider rappel, right? But I've definitely done it with, with families with a lot of success and it's really cool. So it can be really dynamic in a single pitch environment to do these different skills and work with these different kids. Um, and it's really fun and really challenging, but also remember that one of the challenges with little kids is that they're light. So they oftentimes don't have enough weight to overcome the inherent, friction in a lot of systems like we typically think about adding more friction to systems to hold bigger clients or bigger climbers with little kids oftentimes we have to figure out ways to take friction away so maybe that means placing your master point in a better spot right so that way there's no ropes going over edges maybe that's using a certain tool to belay with right Um, all kinds of different ways we can kind of deal with these 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 problems and issues These situations. So, but when we think about bringing kids into multi pitch environments, you know, once again, you need to think about those soft skill pieces. Like, you need to think about how am I going to introduce what we're about to do, keep their emotional level in check so they don't get immediately freaked out. And now you're two pitches up, and it's a little bit harder to deal with that and get them into a spot where they feel safe, right? So, constantly checking in with them and kind of trying to explain things in terms that they would kind of understand, you know, having them with food and water ready to go, once again, that kind of, that kind of physical piece that they need to kind of maintain their caloric intake because they burn so much energy just processing all this information. You know, they just don't have a lot of life experience, and a lot of ability to understand exactly what's going on oftentimes. So having that right ready to go is kind of interesting. You also have to think about, well, if you're going multi-pitching with a little kid, you know, you better hope you have a parent with you if you're going to do anything and sometimes the thing with little kids is like, sometimes they can climb pretty hard. So it's like, you know, you're going to give them experience. You might want to get on training It's like you actually want to get belayed on and place some gear on. So having an adult, so now you're dealing with two or maybe it's a family of three, like a mom and dad. So now you have to use, you know, maybe parallel or parallel with end, end roping. So you have, you know, one of the parents end roped with a kid and then the other parent on the rope another rope on their own or maybe you're doing parallel so the kids on one rope and the parents on the other rope so they can coach and help with those technical things like they get to points where they have to maybe unclip a rope or take an anchor out and the parent can do that or if the kids kind of gonna that's their job to do that part clean the gear that they can be there to help them you know manipulate some of the gear so it's not just like they're on their own down there Taking the gear out, right? So it could be their job. It gives them another task to do, another skill that they can learn, which is kind of cool. So that means when we get to multi-pitch stances, right? We're getting off the ground. We have to really think about who's going to go where. Where am I going after I leave this belay? So, because I really want to make sure I have... The person I want to belay, probably the parent, to be in the best position possible. So it may not be a situation anymore where it doesn't matter where each person stands, wherever they stand is comfortable, and and either person could leave that belay um, It's kind of up to them or up to you, you know, if you're doing parallel. But now it's like, I need this person to stand here. So now your rope management at the belay needs to be super crisp, right? And your vision of how you want that belay to be needs to be super crisp. Right? Because you're like, I really need this person to be here. I really need this person to leave there. And remember, oftentimes you want that parent to be with that kid to help facilitate the transitions. Like, all right, now you can unclip from the anchor and take your carabiner with you. You don't want the kid just being there by themselves with that. Right? Granted, if you're in parallel, they, they'll be on belay, hopefully. If you're doing your job right, but still, you know, having that other person there to give them cognitive and emotional support, and maybe some physical support, is really key. So now, the belay stance, right, the the master point rather, that works really well for adults, which should be high, doesn't really work well for kids if it's low. So maybe you need to extend your master point down so the kid can undo their own, right, their own carabiner off that. Remember, there's a piece of this of like giving the kids and and inf- inf- helping them have autonomy to do a task so they can do it themselves because a lot of kids in that age are like i want to do it myself i want to play like my parents belay. i don't want to do this other weird belay." and you're like all right let's give you some autonomy so we have to change what we do to give them the opportunity for that autonomy so going up is kind of interesting like what who unclips the ropes right who takes the gear out those are interesting choices to make if you have a traversing pitch for example oftentimes with young kids um they don't always have the ability to really understand like they have to take their rope out of the carabiner. Um, or if you are having them choosing to have them do that, make sure you orient the carabiner and clip the ropes in such a way that's really easy for them to just pop the rope out. You don't have to have them flip the carabiner over vice versa. Um, but sometimes with little kids, what I'll do is I'll belay in parallel and I'll make the – I'll tension the parent's rope and I'll just use that as a tram. Right, so the kid will be clipped into that um, and they'll just tram across. And maybe they have lobster claws, right, if we're going kind of slightly up or just directly, ho- directly horizontal. So when they get to a piece, they just clip around the piece, right? That's pretty easy to explain to a kid, versus you have to unclip their rope and they just kind of tram across their parents' rope. And then when they get over to the belay, I hook them into belay and then I, I blow the parents over. If it's more of a down, going down to traverse, I may lower the parent down. You know, because they have more ability to kind of, you know, deal with um, a, more of a fighting the rope and kind of a pendulum over into an anchor. Have them clip into an anchor and then, once again, tension their rope and then tram the kid down because there's no pieces of gear in the way now. Just have clip them into the um, parent's rope and kind of onto their harness and then tram them down. Um, to their parent and, allow, and give the parent to clip them into an anchor, you know, and give them a way to do that. So it's really um, easy. So we can use that tramming piece, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, and then also think about coming down is we need to think about other descent options, right? So there's the lower. That could be cool. So you could lower them both at the same time. So if you're in parallel, that's pretty easy. But once again, tool choice there makes a difference, especially with when you have a big weight difference between, you know, the parent and the kid you know all of a sudden certain lowers become harder to manage um like a redirected plate for example there may be too much friction to really manage that little kid really well and the adult really well so kind of figuring out what's going to be or an lsd for example that you know that could be one thing to think about um maybe you know the kid wants to repel right no problem so you could do a belayed repel that would be fine you know once again if that kind of cognitively get that so you're thinking about kids a little bit older maybe more that seven to ten range no problem there but a five or six year old you know you kind of go either way it depends a little bit on the kid um you know what if you need to go down first right so lowerings on an option a blade repels on option so you could do a tandem repel with a kid a spider repel that could be cool so you could lower a parent down and then you could tandem repel with the kid or you could tandem repel with the kid and then use a pre-rig up top which is kind of cool you know so if you have to go down and and rig something up at the lower anchor station but you can also pre-rig with the kid you know and think about this once again if the kid's really light you want to try to minimize the friction they have on a repel because if you add too much friction in there then they can't repel down so what would be ways that adding friction repelling on two ropes right Extending your pelt adds friction. Having your brake strands go through the, the teeth on in high friction mode on your blade device. Those are all ways to add friction. So we can just do the opposite of that. So if you're going to do a pre-rig, for example, you could still have an extension because you need it, right? So they don't get yanked around. But you could, at the very least, have your device in normal friction mode versus high friction mode. And then if you have their parent pre-rigged above them, right, then you could have the kid rappel on one strand of rope and the parents rappel on both strands of rope so the kid gets less friction, right? And sometimes what I'll do in that scenario is that I'll have the parent pre-rigged in and you can, if they have a tether that they can connect to an anchor, cool, they can do that. But if they don't have that, for whatever reason, you what you could do is take the rope um, coming out of... The parent's repel device, so those two strands, tie a BFK, clip that back up to the anchor. So now the kid is repelling on one strand off a BFK, and the parent's actually trapped between the anchor and the BFK. So that way, when you're giving a fireman's blade to the kid, and they get down to the lower anchor, because the kid's not putting a lot of weight on the parent, so if the parent's in a situation where they need to lean a little bit, or they kind of are are leaning on the device, that they don't accidentally... Um, start to lower down if the kid takes weight off so if you're giving a fireman's blade to on one strand of rope you can really focus on that one strand of rope and then once the kid gets down and hooks into the anchor then you can coach the parent to take the bfk off the anchor untie the knot and then you can give them a good fireman's blade on the two strands of rope so i've definitely done that like trapping people inside the pre-rig so they can't go anywhere so a lot of different options you can do with these kids um, out there. Some lot of really cool technical stuff for sure. Um, you know, sometimes on the way up with the end roping, sometimes I'll have the end rope really long. So maybe the kid's at the very bottom and the parent's on a long end rope, so like on a slabby terrain, so they can kind of be right next to each other and there's a little more room to wiggle around with. You know, that's another common technique in snow. But that can be really um, an interesting way of dealing with that kid. Um, so... I've, I've been wanting to write a paper about this for a long time, but I just couldn't figure out how to articulate all the little details, both on an emotional level, a physical level, and a cognitive level, and on a technical level to really do this. Like It's like you kind of have to see it happen. And, and every kid's different. Every person's different in general, but every kid's different. So the, the combination of those different pieces – is going to change and being able to really read and understand that kid and talk to him at their level is going to be really hyper critical to make this work you know and then you always need to have that bail strategy so if you're in single pitch train you know let's go do something else let's go you know play around with placing gear in the rock if you're in multi-pitch train you know once again pick the route really well so you have really good bail options. So if all thing sudden things start to go south in terms of a emotional level, you can like, all right, we're out of here. Let's go do this. You know, or maybe it's, you pick a route that you can walk off of. And you don't have to deal with the technical descent, right? Because they're like fine going up. They're like, I don't really like going down. You know, so that might be part of your strategy. But once again, it's a super fascinating um, group to work with. I find, and it is can be really challenging, but challenging in a really fun way to unlock that puzzle. And it really, I think if you see a guide who's guiding young kids really well in single pitch and multi pitch terrain, that guide has a lot of skill on a variety of different skill sets, right? Most of us can just guide adults up and down single pitch and multi pitch terrain. That's not that hard. Sure, there are challenges to that. Everybody's different. But when you can do that in that younger r- bracket of age, you know, five, six, seven year olds, you know, in advance, um, um, terrain, you know, with advanced techniques, that guide knows what they're doing. You know, there's a lot of subtlety in that those systems. So, anyway, uh, if you if you want to get a little more experience with that, come to where I am and work work for us. You get a lot of opportunities to work with little kids, and every once in a while, you get that right ratio of parent to kids like a three to one ratio like one kid and two parents or one kid and one parent and you can go do some cool um advanced guiding techniques with them in in more advanced terrain so super fun stuff but definitely uh definitely have that backup plan ready to go because things can go south in an instant for them